This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. I'm editing this episode now, and Audrey and I are still yucking it up. I'm Marguerite, and I want you to move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. You'll like it. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma.com. This is the Move to Tacoma podcast. I'm Marguerite, and today we are kicking off some fall episodes. Um, we are going to be going on a little bit of a hiatus. Doug, I'm, I'm going to be taking a sabbatical. We shall miss you. Thank you, Doug. Um, so this is the first of several episodes that we'll be finishing off 2018 with. Um, going out with a bang here today with Melanie Denise Cunningham from mm. PLU. Welcome, Melanie. Word, girl. But first, before we go into our chit-chat, uh, we're giving a shout-out to Channel 253 members. So this episode, I want to thank member and former Move to Tacoma guest, Mark Heinzman. Thank you for your support, Mark. And for anyone else listening who wants to be like Mark and who doesn't, um, you can go to channel253.com slash membership and show your support. So thanks, members. Yay, Mark. Yay, Mark. Mm -hmm. And welcome, Melanie. Girl, hey. So good to see you. (laughs) Full disclosure to to the people that are listening. Me and Melanie are friends. We are. I'm very excited to have you on to talk about all of the work that you've been in Tacoma, in, been doing into Tacoma, or, and your most recent uh, prize, your mm. Peace Queen Prize. Yes. So there's yes. a Nobel, there, there's a Nobel Peace Prize in Tacoma. This information, first of all, kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the local version, mm-hmm. you know, of the Nobel Peace Prize. It's attached to the Nobel Institute in Norway, and so they've been doing it. Mm, I should know this history, but it's probably about 15 plus years. I know that much, 15 plus years. And uh, it was, um, what do I want to say? It was a vision of a guy, his name's Tom Heavey, that he was in the military. I'm probably going to get the story all wrong. But at the end of the day, what I do remember is he looked around and saw that there was a lot of peace building work going on Mm. in Tacoma and people were doing great things. And he really thought that, that work should be uplifted from from the grassroots. And so he worked really hard. They got a committee. They have a really awesome local committee. And they put together the Greater Tacoma Peace Prize. And it's the only one in the country that's recognized by the Nobel Institute in, Lor- in uh, mm-hmm. Norway. So it's pretty, you know, it's, 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 the, it's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say a bad word. You know what? If you say one, you will not be the first. Okay. But just for the people back home listening that don't know you, mm. when did you move to Tacoma and why? I came here in 1973 with my family. My dad was in the military. We moved here from Hawaii. My sister, Audrey, and I, we thought we were going to Washington, D.C. <laughs> we got here. It was probably about an hour and a half before we saw some uh, black people. <laughs> and we were, you know, because we had we lived our entire life around brown people. You know, we'd been yeah. in, in Hawaii. And then before that, we were in Florida. And so we came here. And we looked at each other. We were like, I know we were younger, but we gave each other that the grown-up expression we would say now is, what the hell? 
What neighborhood were you in? Like, where where did you land? We we lived in Lakewood because my dad was he was at it was called Fort Lewis back then, and so we were close to the base, and so we uh, lived on base for a month, and then we moved to a community inside of Lakewood called Arrowhead which is right by Lakes High School, and my parents still live there today. Mm. Mm-hmm. So did you go to Lakes? I did go to Lakes. We're going to fight, fight, fight for victory. Orange and blue. Did I just break out in the fight song? You did. <laughs> so you were that kind of victory, girl in high school. Victory, victory, <laughs> girl, Lakes, hi. So you came in 1973, but you were you were pretty young when you moved to, to the I, area. Girl, now you're trying to get... I got to tell it. I was you don't 15. Have to te- I mean, you were a teenager. Yes, I was a teenager, 15. I'm 60 now. I mean, I said 45 years. If he's doing the math, I just, I just want to mention that every answer she gives, Audrey is giving about two seconds before she <laughs> Yeah, Melanie's sister, Audrey, is actually here with us watching in the studio. So, Melanie, you... Moved to Lakewood when you were 15, and now you still live in Lakewood. I still live in Lakewood, but I stepped into Tacoma when I was a grown-up, and I got married. Then I moved into Tacoma, and then two ex-husbands later, then I moved back to Lakewood close to my parents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you love about Lakewood? I love Lakewood because it's close to my parents. Yeah. Do you still but, go eat their food? I, I, you know what? I go see my mom and dad on a regular basis. Shout out to my parents, Robert and Aline Cunningham. Um, but I tell you what I love about Lakewood is that it is so diverse. And there's people from everywhere. And we grew up with... Uh, our Samoan friends, our Cambodian friends, our Vietnamese friends. You know, we it's just, and we're still friends. Our Filipino friends, we're still friends. You know, so it's, it's uh, the roots run deep. And then the fact that I've been there so long that I can tell you where everything used to be. Like, oh, that was the Villa Plaza. It's now the town center. Mm-hmm. We used to be able to walk inside. Now it's all sprawled out, you know. Um so if you were talking to somebody from Tacoma mm-hmm. who was like, all right, I never go to Lakewood. Like, you've heard me. Lakewood's never been my favorite yeah, place. But you, you know always every... try to avoid it. I do. I but... send you. I was like, Marguerite, come to my house. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know, I like I, I like to keep it close. <laughs> but my question for you is if you were speaking, which you are, to an audience of Tacomans, where would you tell them to go? To, if, if, if you're going to go check out Lakewood mm-hmm. and have a good time. Where would you tell them to go? Oh, they should come visit me. I live on Lake Stillico. <laughs> but what if they were going somewhere public? Oh, to go out? <laughs> yes. Like to hang? Yeah. Oh, I would I would definitely tell them to go to the Blue Note. So what's the, the Blue Note? The Blue Note restaurant and lounge. The address is 6008 Mount Tacoma Drive. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know it in my head because I, I, I'm always there. It's a... It's a restaurant and it's owned. It's a black-owned restaurant. And by me saying that, that I'm proud of that because we don't have very many black-owned businesses that we can support and and uplift. With then they in turn support our community and and uh, yeah, and that's pretty awesome. But they have live music, so I really like that. They have uh, southern food, mm. which I really like. That the fried catfish is the bomb. Uh, and it's just amazing. The the staff are the most friendliest that you 
could ever think of. And the owners are so visionary because they have community in mind. And so that's I'm there every Thursday because I host a it's called Bidwis, a card game that mm. is cultural to to black people. You know, if you you usually probably grew up at the knee of aunties and uncles playing bitwis or dominoes or, you know, hanging out, doing an electric slide, eating good food, you know. So <laughs> so we brought that to the Blue Note on a regular basis to um, bring folks in. And at, at any given Thursday, it could be a 20-year-old and an 80-year-old sitting mm. at the table playing bitwis. It's intergenerational. It's not gambling. Nope, we don't play for money. We just play for fun, and then we're in community together. It's pretty awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, so check out the Blue Note if you want to check out Lakewood. Yep. And if you go on Thursday. On Thursdays, I'll be there. You can meet Melanie If in I'm not traveling. Life. Yes, you're very busy and important. So let's talk about... Let's talk about the Peace Prize. What? So how did you find out that you—did you find out first that you were nominated or did you find out that you won? I found out that I was nominated. I call her my sister from another mother. Her name is Joanne Lasoski. She just retired as a journalism professor at POU. And so she came in my office one day and said—she uh, calls me Namu Sisi, and that's one of my aliases. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have to list them all out here today, <laughs> there Melanie. There are quite a few of them. But Namu Sisi is the name that was given to me when I was in Uganda mm-hmm. by the people of Uganda that we were working with. And after observing me for, I think, one day, they named me Namu Sisi, and that means earthquake. <laughs> this seems fairly <laughs> I accurate. I loved it. I was like, yes, thanks. <laughs> But um, she came in. She says, Namu Sisi, I'm going to nominate you for the Greater Tacoma Peace Prize. And I said, okay, girl, that's cool. What is that? (laughs) And what did she say? She she told me about, you know, she told me about it. Actually, I had heard about it before because I'd been, I'm just playing. I was nominated before and didn't win. That's why I was just not salty but I just said <laughs> I just said okay girl that's cool and uh, she asked me to give her a few examples of the things that I've been doing lately and then she was follow up and figure it out and I totally forgot about that I just went on about my business and then it was April 4th that I'm driving along my phone rings it was an unknown number I don't usually answer unknown numbers, but the universe said answer the number. So I did. I was like, hi, this is Melanie. And the person on the other end, Melanie, hi, this is Tom Heavey. I'm calling from the Greater Tacoma Peace Prize. Uh, I'm calling to ask you if you would if you would accept the prize for this year. And it kind of caught me off guard, and then I, it, and then it caught me. I was like, ah! you know, I started screaming. <laughs> I went, I said, let me pull over, let me pull over. So I pulled over because what I realized at that moment was April 4th, 2018. Do you know the significance of that day? Trivia, Marguerite. I, I feel like I'm going to mess it up, but I hope, is it memorializing a, a bad day? Yeah, it's yeah. it was the fiftieth anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr. being murdered, and so I just cried because he is such 
an inspiration and a hero to me and always had been. And to to win and be notified of the Peace Prize on an anniversary that I could, you know, that was significant in the country's history and significant to me Mm. to honor him. It, It all came, all that realization came to me at one time because Joanne nominated me for my exemplary exemplary work. Is that how you say that? Exempl- yeah. Exemplary. Yeah, there it is. Exemplary S- work. Sis knew how to pronounce that, by the okay. way. D- Doug? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in here with her, man. It's just, it's a guess. Sorry. Exemplary work in racial reconciliation. And so to... To get that news on that day and knowing the um, the amount of drama and pain and, uh, you know, the backstabbing folks that get you when you're trying to do that kind of work over the years and crying to my mom when things happen and calling my sister up and saying words that are like, bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> Not so peaceful. Not so peaceful. But, you know, really feeling the pain. It was just an immediate moment of redemption. So let's talk about the work that you've been doing that you won the prize for. Mm -hmm. I mean, because, I mean, what comes immediately, what I've experienced is the People's Gathering. Mm -hmm. And that was a really, I I went to the People's Gathering, the first one, the year before last. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing. Could you talk about what the People's Gathering is? Yeah, the People's Gathering is a single subject conference. It is to teach people how to talk about race and mostly white people. And why why do you think white people have such a terrible time talking about race? Girl, you know why white people because you white. Because it's so fragile. Every time you want to talk about race, it's people want to get all defensive. But the reason to answer your question, the reason that I think they get fragile cuz they're ignorant to what I mean Y'all just ignorant to what it is, mm-hmm. you know, what racism is, what race is. You never had to study it. You never have really had to live it. Um, I know some people will probably get mad about it, but this is me talking. This is real talk. You don't have really any academic understanding, like critical race theory. And, you know, you're not studying anything, <clears throat> but you just get to stand up and preach about what you think and feel and um, and we're supposed to accept that as truth. And then as a black woman, I live every day, every day as a black woman, there's something foul that happened. Let me just tell you what happened yesterday. I was on the plane coming back from Pullman. You know you don't get to choose your seat partner. So dude sitting next to me. Now, when he sat down, I already told him, don't talk to me. I've got to get my paper done because I'm in this doctoral program. I said, so I I don't mean to be rude, but I really need to get my paper done. What does he do? Keeps talking. Keeps talking. And I said, "Mm." so then I said, well, do you want to see what I'm writing? Can you tell me what this is? And my my, uh, topic that I was writing on was uh, prioritizing black students in the admission and enrollment process at small private universities in America because, you know, black students are underrepresented. And so he looked at that, and then all of a sudden he was feeling some kind of way. And then he had to tell me all about his his children, his grandchildren, 
that were, um, one was Ethiopian and white and another was uh, Chinese and white. And that, what about them getting into college? So then he made it all about him now. So you're just trying to get some work done I'm on the commute to get home. The uh-huh. And you're now launched into this like, now giant like, conversation. Giant conversation. And you know what? I looked at him. I said, can you tell me what the definition of, uh, what is the definition of affirmative action? And he just looked at me. I said, you don't know? And he says, well, and he used the Q word, quotas. And then I looked at him. I said, okay, I'm going to be super firm right now. Don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. So then he keeps talking. Well, why you don't want to talk to me? I said, okay. <clears throat> and, and you know Shanique with the bad girl that lives inside of me. You met her before. Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes you speak your truth. I do. When other people aren't like totally yeah. ready to hear so it. So she came out. <laughs> and I just turned around and I looked at him and I said, okay. I asked you that question on purpose. So when you use the Q word quota, that tells me right now that you don't know what you're talking about. And right now I got to get my paper done. I'm not giving you any more of my time. You talk to me one more time. I'm going to press this button and let the uh, flight attendant deal with you. Mm-hmm. What happened? He shut up. Oh, that's lovely. I'm glad mm-hmm. it has Finally. Happened. But you're exhausted. I'm tired. Yeah, and you need to get your work done. No, we don't need to be teaching y'all about race and race. I mean, you know, go study it yourself. I told him to Google it. Well, clearly he did not have an opportunity to attend the People's Gathering. He, didn't, he did not. <laughs> and that's why we have the conference. It's fragility and, and you know, folks that are listening, that are supervising people in the workplace, they can't even speak their truth because you don't understand their truth. And then got your biases and things of that nature that that get projected on people. I mean, it's just a mess. So you created what was basically like, from my experience, like a one day conference that was kind of. It was a different conference depending on how you showed up. So it was for employees, for people who own companies, mm-hmm. for government workers. You could get some kind of like continuing education yep. credits for that as well. It was for right? community. So we heard some great speakers, some different voices than I would have heard at the average conference that I attend. Mm-hmm. But then I also got uh, that was what the first time that I got to see Robin D'Angelo speak. Yep. And she kind of grouped all the white people together and we had a white conversation. No, I grouped all the yes, white people. You together. grouped all the white people mm-hmm. together and the people of color and. And if I had a budget, a bigger budget, then I we would have segmented even deeper. But we had people of color because we come together at least under the umbrella of oppression. And then uh, there's an emerging uh, need for conversation for people that identify as uh, multiracial, you know, two or more mm-hmm. races. So we had three, three uh, race dialogues is what we call them. And each room has expert facilitation on the subject matter. So, yes, the white people were in their room. Robin D'Angelo was there. And you talked about white people stuff. Yes. And I wasn't in there, so I Having don't know Having a totally what different about. conversation. Yep, we were in the People of Color room, and we have a totally different conversation that that applies to how we live and walk. But wouldn't you know that there were some white people that wanted to come into the People of Color room? Now, when you register for the conference, it says select based on your lived identity. Mm-hmm. 
how you show up in the world, Mm -hmm. your lived identity. And so why y'all can't follow the rules? So, first of all, I have no idea why people can't follow the rules. I'm just saying. But I'm curious. I loved it. Like, it was a really valuable day. And when I say I loved it, I mean it was, like, a difficult day and it was painful. Like, I love it in retrospect. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot that day. Why is it important to divide people? We, we always hear, like, we should be uniting, right? Like, why is it so helpful for racial reconciliation to have people grouped, you know, by race? What does that allow for? Mm-hmm. It allows for truth. And what it does, it's just it gives you a, a chance to look around in your family, you know, your peeps, your tribe, and hear the different perspectives and the things that are going on. And even though I wasn't in the white people room, I heard about it because there were all kind of perspectives that, you know, like sometimes everybody got the uncle that says, Mm -hmm. "Mm, he's family, but mm, I wish he wouldn't, you know, or did he really just say that? Or there's Uncle Bob. And then it's the same kind of thing in in each of the rooms, but it gives you a chance to to level the playing field, at least get an understanding of the issues and then work on uh, strategies and tactics for for you to to move about your environment. And as people of color and the um as a non-white person, let me put it that mm-hmm. way, the 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 um, institutional racist situ- systems that we have to operate in sometimes would just wear you down. You just get tired, and so at least when when we were in our room, and we start talking about things that happened to us, a lot of us don't even know each other. We have never seen each other before, but our experiences operating in institutionally racist systems are so similar. And we come from different industries. There was corrections and uh, health and human services and park people and higher ed people and the police were there and the fire department was there. I mean, it's people from across all kind of gen, um, all kind of industries were there. But what what our common thread is, and this is what I think why we have such a problem, our common thread for everyone is that we're human. And we've lost this whole sense of humanity because we are deep, deep, deep into this construct of race that was made up anyway, right? It's just... Girl, don't get me started. <laughs> Let's talk. You're Moving kind of, on. Yes. So, well, what I think is valuable about this conversation, because, you know, you you won the Peace Prize for a series of different events that you put mm-hmm. on. And the people gathering achievement. Is, yeah. Just one of them. You also did the Hate Won't Win. Yeah, that was pretty that was pretty amazing, actually, because when the Charleston massacres happened, I'm sure your listeners Can you remind remember us. That. Well, that's when uh, that person walked into Bible study in a Charleston, South Carolina church, an AME church, Mother Emanuel, and he killed the people because, because intentionally, to start a race war. It was, and it was a, a young white, white man mm-hmm. and I think nine black people. Yeah, nine black, he, he killed nine black people. 
And so I was when that was going down, it was news everywhere. And mm-hmm. so I was laying on the bed with my mom and in real time we were watching it together. And then I saw I saw the grandchildren, they were on CNN and they were talking about their experience in the courtroom when they went to the hearing. And one, excuse me, one of the um, one of the victims' uh, relatives before them had said to Dylan when it was her turn to speak that she forgave him. I for, I forgive you. And then the grandchildren, you know, followed suit. We forgive you because they didn't want to be consumed with hate for this person and if you do hate this person and their intent was to start a race war and incite hate then of course he wins and so they immediately uh, launched a movement uh, and they called it hate won't win hashtag hate won't win the hate won't win movement which is to show an act of kindness to someone that is different than you Show an act of kindness to someone that's different than you. And I was laying there with my mom, and I said, oh, mommy, that's so cool. I should invite them to Tacoma. And my mom is used to me now with random thoughts. And she said, oh, okay. Yeah, she'll she'll probably do that. You know, we're watching we're watching CNN. She'll probably do that. So, what did it look like? How did it all come about? Well, it well it came about by me randomly sending an email to to the family and hi this is Melanie I'm from Tacoma I saw you on TV this is what I want to this is what I want to do and would you come and they said yes and then I was in alignment with um the Tacoma Ministerial Alliance um oh no I'm sorry was it Tacoma Genesis Housing and Development uh Corporation and the Tacoma Ministerial Alliance they work at the time close together which is uh an association of pastors and so the pastors, we asked the pastors to join in and, and let's let's set a date and then we're going to bring the community get together and we're, we'll have a program. And we really needed to bring faith communities together. And so we set about uh, just just exercising our network. We got we got the pastors that were inside the ministerial alliance, but then we reached out to uh, Bishop Jake is over the Southwestern Washington Synod of the Lutherans. And then we have some Muslim friends and we have um, some Jewish friends. And so, yeah, we, we just started to spread the word. And it was really basically word of mouth, uh, spread the word. And we got the uh, Victoria, who's now the mayor, on board. She was a city council person at that time. She was on board and helped us spread the word. Uh, Twina Franklin, that is now over the Urban League, she was on board and helped us spread the word. It was really a grassroots campaign. Everyone that thought it was a good idea spread the word. And so we came together. And even TV Tacoma, they they came with the, the TV trucks and we... <laughs> It was broadcast, but it was really a time to reflect, a time to meet new people across faiths and communities. It was a time to hmm, to decide what we were going to do going forward. 
And then, oh, oh, and you know who else was there? We got the police chiefs to come. We got the Lakewood police chief, the Pierce County sheriff, and the Tacoma police chief. They came because, you know, their images in the community with people of color are suffering a little bit. And so we wanted to bring bring attention to that so that, you know, just them being there was in solidarity. And it was wonderful. That's, I just need to say their names. That was Mike Zaro from Lakewood and Paul Pastor from Pierce County Sheriff and then uh, Don Ramsdale from Tacoma. But so now you can imagine we've got this church full of people. There's a few hundred people in there. And then we we had inspirational words and music, and then we took the pledge to um, to be kind to one another. And that sounds so simple, but it's really a big thing. Has there anything? Can you think of any specific thing that you've seen come out of that that's been interesting to you, or like uh, any kindness in particular that stands out to you? New friendships. I met new people that day. Yeah, that that are still. In my space, you that know, wouldn't that, have been that wouldn't have path. been in my space. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, I didn't know any Buddhist people, mm-hmm, but I do now. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's for me personally, um, and and I speak. You know, folks just still remember it. It's it was just the impact of coming together as community and then putting your stake in the ground and saying, you know, I commit to be kind. Mm-hmm. And and we had people come as far as uh, what's that over there, um, Port Port Townsend. Wow. Mm-hmm. The Lutherans came. The mm, the Lutherans came out. <laughs> they did. Uh huh. They did, and they're serious about it too. Love you it. know. Yeah. It was good. It was super good. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. Uh huh. To hear from PLU. Oh. And then we will be back. Hi, this is Jenny Jacobs, host of the Citizen Tacoma podcast. As a 2001 alum, I'm excited to announce that Pacific Lutheran University has joined us as a sponsor of Channel 253. At PLU, I had amazing experiences both in the classroom and out of it. Thanks to PLU, I studied abroad in Costa Rica and was involved in numerous theater productions, experiences that shaped who I am today. Part of PLU's mission is to educate for lives of service, and I am proud to have received an education that was focused on how I could give back to my community. Something new PLU has offered to make it easier for students to give back is the PLU Pledge. Here's the pledge PLU makes to new undergraduate students. If, after you graduate, you have a full-time job but it makes less than $40,000 per year, PLU will help you make your loan payments. So if you want to fight to make the world a better place, but your paycheck just isn't where it needs to be yet, PLU will step in and help. This is huge and an amazing way that PLU shows their dedication to service. If you're starting the college search for yourself or a high school student, learn more at plu.edu slash PLU pledge, because student debt shouldn't stand in the way of changing the world. All right, we're back. So Melanie, you've done Hate Won't Win. You have done the People's Gathering. Will there be another People's Gathering? Yeah, this April year? 2nd. April at PLU. 2nd. Okay, we'll put a link in the show notes so that if you're listening and you want to get your office to the People's Gathering and start having some of those tough conversations and doing some of that work, you can go on April 2nd. Yeah, oh, and you really want to come. White people, you really want to come because the. The speaker, she's the main one I got locked down right now. Who do you have? Her name is Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Oh. You should probably Google her. Okay. And her 
one of her many books, but the one she'll focus on is But I'm Not Racist. It's a toolkit for well-meaning whites. I'm a well-meaning white person. I know you are. Oh, so me. You're going to love her. She's awesome. (laughs) So she is going to be one of our main speakers, but she'll also facilitate the white dialogue. So if you you appreciated or have had the chance to experience Robin DiAngelo, Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's 2.0. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Next level. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll definitely put a link in the show notes so that people can look into that. So you've won this award. You've been doing this work around racial reconciliation, which, um, yeah, it sounds really hard. But see, I never knew to call it a thing. I just do it. I mean, this is just what I this is just how I live. I didn't. Yeah. So there's people listening right now. I imagine a lot of white people, a lot of non-white people, right? Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, like like just thinking about the way I just said that, like, yeah. like white but people I are wonder, the default. Yeah, but let me let me just say this. I wonder if when we say white people, if people are getting, if they are feeling some kind of way about it. Because if, if you're feeling some kind of way about it when we say white people, then that means you got work to do. Because there is, but there are people, the guy I sat on the plane last night when he read my thing and it said something about black students and he said, that's racist. (laughs) Well, what I'm hoping is if you're listening to a podcast called Move to Tacoma and you're looking to move to a diverse place or you already live in this diverse place, that you're willing to do the work, the cross-cultural work, the cross-racial work to like make this an amazing place to live. No, you're willing to give up the power. Yeah. That's let's just keep that real. You have to make a conscious choice to give up white privilege power, white people power, recognize that you have it, own it, that you have it and then willing to let it go and do that work. Then we got something we got work to do. We can do some stuff, but you can't have like one toe in and one toe over here when you sit and you see things going on and you know it's not right and you stay silent that's you you can't have it both ways. You have to jump in. That's why I really love you, Marguerite, because you're jumping in, you're doing the work and it's not always it's not always um it hurts sometimes and and you cry about it and you get back up and you and you do it again and you seek your seek out your friends and and you let us call you an ally. Because, you know, white people, you can't be in that. You can't call yourself an ally. You have to let us tell you that you are. What I, I love what I love about conversations with you, Melanie, is that they're always real conversations. And I think a lot of people are listening. Yes, there are probably some people that are feeling some kind of way about being yeah. called white. But I think more importantly, for those of us that would would like to consider ourselves woke aspiring would like to become allies would like to be called allies want to be good white people mm-hmm. but are also guilty of dipping our toes in and and showing up when we have the energy and then disregarding it and just living in you know white supremacy and like living in our power every day but and can the, I say on, especially white women especially white mm-hmm. women absolutely I just want to jump in and on especially that. in these times when we're sort mm-hmm. of activated yep. And let's talk about the scale of a city. Like, let's talk about Tacoma. What can we do? Like, what do you recommend for white women? And like, in particular, let's start with white women. Yeah. Like, because you're, you know, as an example. Yes. As an example of somebody who's doing the work of putting people together, of getting uncomfortable. You're not afraid to to have the difficult conversation. What can we do to be more like you, Melanie? (laughs) 
child. You don't want to be like me, but not this yet. <laughs> I mean, maybe not exactly like you. No, not exactly. Um, let me just say this. It, it has got to be sincere. You know, you've got to want to do this. So this isn't something that you just wake up today and say, oh, I am going to start my journey to wokeness. You know, you really have to sit with this. You've got to take some inventory to figure out where your, you know, where are those points that make you uncomfortable or you feel some kind of way and what and unpack that what's at the root of it all. And then start educating yourself about what's going on. You know, do some history. I love that one. There's a a video series on you can just google it. It's called Race the Power of an Illusion. Yep. We can put that in the show notes. Yeah. It's, it's on Race YouTube. the Power of an Illusion. It's on YouTube and it's free. And it's a series of race and racism in America and it starts with the DNA uh testing to let people know that we're more similar than we are different. And that's the scientific proof that um, race is just a social construct. But it'll give you it'll give you some understanding. And then and then you've got to sit with that because, you know, if you had never really opened yourself up to any understanding, you're going to have to sit with that and go, hmm, and where do I fit in all of this? Mm -hmm. And what about, and not just you, what about your history and if your family and how it all uh, played out? Because you can't be like uh, 45 and, you know, that guy, the one that's we know running who you the mean. country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't be like him where everything was handed, you know, handed to him. And there's history of racism all along in that family history, but then you stand in front in total denial. It can't it can't be like that. You have to own it. And once you get a clear grasp of that, then you can say, you know what, I want more. And then you start you know, you start your journey. There's classes you can take, books you can read, YouTubes you can uh Google uh, but, but even beyond that, it's like just try and step out in Tacoma into a community that you normally don't go to. And, you know, this is where I really have to say thank you because mm-hmm. we've been friends now Let's three see. and a half years. Yeah, we might be going on four. Yeah, just mm-hmm. j- shortly after we started to move to Tacoma, you and I became friends. Mm-hmm. And this was something you really challenged me about because I get in my bubble, mm-hmm. which I'd never really thought of as a white bubble. I thought of it as like an urban bubble, like a city bubble. But it just happened that but my you know, version of the city bubble was a super white bubble. Yeah, because urban is code for black. Well, it normally and then you just say but you can in the urban let me bubble. tell you, like <laughs> you I, I live no as evidence. Bubble. There's a white version of the urban bubble. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You know, it's a, like that. It's a bearded, coffee, skinny jeans <laughs> yes. version of the inner yes. bubble of the no. bubble. And 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 this was the beautiful thing about like becoming friends with you is it was like. You know, you you want to grow your circle. You want to have a deeper understanding. That means leaving the places that you go all the time. Yeah, because you'll say this. This I know you um, people that are non-white that are listening to this, and I know my sister over here. We're at work, so we're always like the 
only black person in the office, yeah. one of very few black people in the office. And then the office people go, oh, let's go to happy hour. Let's go do this. And then they always want us to go with them. But I'd be like, no, I'm not going with you. I'm with you all day. All day. You look around here and every y'all all look alike. I don't. And now on my own time, you want me to go and continue this? No, you come with me. Well, this is what's so funny. It's like it, it never even occurred to me, you know, and this is this is whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm going to be in a space where everybody pretty much looks like me. Some of these people bug me. Some of these people I like. And then we're going to move from this space where everybody pretty much looks like me and I'm pretty comfortable to another space where everybody pretty much mm-hmm. looks like me and I'm comfortable. And I might like some of these people and I might like our server or our bartender or mm-hmm. I might not. But I, I know the I know how everything mm-hmm. is and I don't stand out. Mm-hmm. And and you just saying like, hey, if we're going to go relax somewhere, I would like to go somewhere relaxing for me. Yeah. Didn't I tell you? I said, come on. Uh, yeah. Come I remember to the Caballeros. Yeah. So I get, a, I get a call at nine o'clock at night and you're like, where are you? And I'm like, it's nine o'clock on a Friday. I'm at work, obviously. And you were like, why don't we go out? And I was like, great. Like, should we go get happy hour or something? And you were like, yeah, we're going to get some black culture. And I was I like, is there beer at black culture? And you were like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so you just gave me an address. And I drove to someplace in the hilltop that I'd never been. And I'd lived around the corner from there. Mm-hmm. And I'd still never I'd been never there. never been there. Yeah. And so basically we went to a members only club. Yeah, Caballeros. Caballeros mm-hmm. Club. It's which, been there for 56 50 or 60 years. I think 60 years. At that point, I think I'd mm-hmm. lived into downtown Tacoma, including the Hilltop, for nine years, and I'd never heard of it mm. because that was not the world that I was moving mm-hmm. in. And, and now you're there. I see you a lot. <laughs> you, I mean, only when I'm karaoke. invited. <laughs> you, you go there. Look, yes. This is, I, I'm, a little, I'm a little reluctant to even talk about this with white people because like, you have to be invited to Caballero's Club. You yes, can't just be like running down there club. to join. Right. Um, but if you do get invited, it is the best karaoke book in the city bar mm-hmm. none and mm-hmm. it's not for us it's mm-hmm. just for us oh, to, no, you can you know. go on karaoke night though you it's can open. go yeah you can go in it's members is when they have business and stuff like that but they have really open nights that's new though well mm-hmm. and the idea of that that evening like in the context of this conversation is i i think there was one other white lady there mm-hmm. and we danced and we drank and we had a really good time you did yeah, I, I did. did. And you and know, it, I'm not into group dancing normally, Melanie, so that was a big thing for me. <laughs> well, because most of the, many of the black men are in jail, so we we don't have anybody to dance with us women, you know, so we dance with each other. That's why the group dancing? Did you see any any brothers? There wasn't hardly anybody there to dance with. So, I mean, if you want to go down a whole road and talk about why we all single and stuff, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother story. Part duh. Mm-hmm. So you just have to get out of that, I'm going to wait for a guy to ask me to dance. We just get up and dance. Otherwise, you'd be sitting there all night long. So. Because it's all women in there. Yeah. That's a good good point. I hadn't thought about it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of getting to the end of our hour. Okay. For people who are listening who are like, okay, so wait. Um, I'm, I guess I can see that I'm white. I guess I can see that I live in Tacoma and this is a diverse place and my friendship circle doesn't reflect the diversity of the city. Yeah. You know, um, I'm listening to Melody and it sounds like she has some things that she puts together. Maybe I'll try to go to a thing. Mm-hmm. 
And I know that, like, I need to check my privilege because things are getting really crazy out there in the world. Mm -hmm. And, like, I need to, like, actually learn about race stuff. Like, white people, we get to opt into this, right? Yeah, we do. So somebody's listening and saying, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm going to do this. And I could... What what if you could just like tell people what to do? And then I know. And yeah, you asking me to to solve world peace. I'm not asking you to solve mm, it. OK. But if you have a platform right now to tell people one thing, anything. Yeah. Do something. You know, I'm sure wherever wherever diversity touches you in your workplace, your neighbor, your church, wherever it touches you and you have not made the intentional effort to step out and touch back, that's where you start, you know, because that's a space that's familiar. If you're at work and you probably, I know some people that work with people for years and don't even know they got kids. <laughs> you know, mm. I mean, you, yeah. you don't know any, you, you are with these people, with one another, the majority of the day and you can't say one fun fact about them. Yeah. You know, so maybe do that. And and as the Peace Queen, because, you know, when I got the Greater Tacoma Peace Laureate uh, title, then I rebranded myself as the 253 Peace Queen. As the Peace Queen, what I'm challenging everyone to do is just look someone in the eye. I say 20 people a day. Mm. Just look them in the eye. Get your face out your phone and look someone in the eye and say hello. Now, you think that's, that sounds super simple, but you know we don't do that. No. No. So so 20 people a day, wherever you and you are the initiator. Yeah. You look them in the eye. But I want to make just this recognition of my peace prize for racial reconciliation you realize i got that from the norwegians yeah that's pretty awesome yeah mhm mm the whitest white people they the happy white people the nearly perfect i just got a book called the nearly perfect white people but for all this work that i've been doing on behalf of black people and others, yeah, I'm recognized by the Norwegians. That's interesting. Yeah, that's the Arsenio Hall back in the day. Hmm. Hmm. So you are going to Norway. I am going to Norway, and I'm going to the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, I hope I get invited. I mean, it's like a big, big chance that I will. But these, the ones that have won, they're pretty, pretty popular. So <laughs> I am... You know, like the A list, B. List. I think I'm the C list for tickets. But what has happened in the past is that they made it to the C list. Mm -hmm. So I'm super hopeful. But even if I don't, I'm going to be close. And you know, well, I'll figure out how to get up in there. Well, first of all, I have no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. Second of all, for people that are listening, that are into what you're saying, how can they follow along and hear more from you? So you've got Peace Queen Talks. Yes. So Peace Queen Talks is a, is a television uh, documentary that's going to highlight my experiences in Norway. And we just got word that KBTC is going to work with us on that and, awesome. and air that. So that's super awesome. But I have these social media platforms. I have 253 Peace Queen. Queen YouTube channel, 
253 Peace Queen Facebook and 253PeaceQueen.com. Now, they're all, you know, what am I trying to say? They're in progress. Right. They're still coming together. They're still coming together, but you could still just click on there and follow so that when we get it all up. Oh, I think I got Twitter, too. 253. You know, I got students. I work at PLU. <laughs> so the students are the ones that keep me hip. You saw me pausing. I got uh, <laughs> the Internet. Two, uh, I got the Facebook. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but my students are Shout out to April Rose. Yeah, um, my students are awesome. So they they keep me on top of things. So I've got all those social media platforms. 253 Peace Queen is my um, handle. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So congratulations again. Girl, thank you. It's a big deal. It is. And thank you for coming on and having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I hope that everybody listening will tune in when Peace Queen Talks is on KBTC. Mm-hmm. Rad. I hope you do get into the Nobel Peace Prize and then you get to I ask all those white Norwegians some uncomfortable questions. You know, because otherwise just <laughs> just visual me standing outside of the Oslo City Hall like, <laughs> let me in. I can actually let me visualize in. that. Uh, hello? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Melanie from Tacoma. <laughs> I promise not to embarrass you, 253. I you know, promise. I promise. I think we can have I'm going to represent. But what I, what I do want to say, though, is my hope. I just want Tacoma to be woke. Wake up, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get outside your bubble and do some inner work. Please. Please. Yeah. If everyone tried, if every single person tried... Just think how far we would get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody should just try. Well, I know I'm going to try uh, looking people in the eye and saying Please. hi 20 times a day. I can't. I, I like my when you said that, like my chest froze up. I'm like, I got hard for you. Oh, strangers. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. tough. So, yeah, but it's a good challenge. It's, it's hard. A- I've been I've been making more eye contact, but I don't say anything. It's I'll okay. sometimes do a half smile. Mm-hmm. This is my big progress. Is you I can do even this. not. Just nod. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. nod. I don't have to say hello. Or you could Wakanda. I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate. Power to the people. <laughs> but I, I hope to bump into you. Uh, I, I hope to bump into you a lot. Yes, and can I tell people what I think peace is? Peace? Yeah. Peace. Yeah, take P- us out with peace, Melanie. Peace. P-E-A-C-E. People everywhere are created equal. Mm. Peace. Thanks, Melanie. Mm -hmm. Word. Want to learn more about life in Tacoma? Visit movetotacoma.com. And I just ask lots of dumb questions. Mm, It's okay. And then... Do you edit it or you let it flow? No, not unless we really fuck up. Okay. But most of the time that doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.